The man on the street, the scut in the back corner of the pub, and the burnt-out girl on the quay all said the same. It was better to run alongside Jimmy Phelan than have him run over you. In short pants, he was the king of the terrace. In an Iron Maiden t-shirt, he was merchant general of the catchment area. He'd sold fags and dope and cans of lager, and then heroin and women and munitions. He'd won over and killed cops and robbers both. He'd been married. He'd attended parent-teacher meetings. He'd done deals and time and half the world twice over. There wasn't much left that Jimmy Phelan hadn't had a good go of, and yet it was only very recently he'd owned up to the notion that inside him was a void kept raw and weeping for want of a family tree. It turned out, though, that Jimmy Phelan's eyes were bigger than his belly, and that applied to anything he had a yearning for, imported flesh, cognac, his long-lost mother. He had set aside an apartment by the river for Maureen's use. With his being such a captain of industry, it had never been the plan to have her living with him, even if it hadn't turned out that she was crazier than a dustbin fox. It hadn't really been the plan to bring her home in the first place. All he'd aimed for was to track her down and give her the lowdown on her grandchildren, but he'd had to re-strategize when he'd found her living amongst shuffling addicts and weird bachelors in a London tenement. He'd heard enough nationalist rants to know that leaving an Irish person in poverty in England was leaving them behind enemy lines, and it had been well within his capacity to take her home. She'd dug her heels in, but there was no one who could draw away from Jimmy Phelan's insistence, no matter how much pride or how many limbs they looked set to lose. He'd bought the building for a song, because a bunch of Vietnamese had been using it as a grow house. If there had been any Vietnamese left, he might have sold it back to them on the lightning strikes adage. But they'd gathered their skirts and scurried down to Waterford, or so he'd heard, so he'd used it as a brothel for a while and might do again once he found somewhere less drafty to store his mother. He'd left her in the ground floor flat, convalescing from her emigration, and had a few part-time, part-tradesmen making structural improvements to the floors above, but he thought it had been secure. Maybe susceptible to punters lost and roaming, but she'd been under strict instructions not to open the door to anyone, and it had been a while since they'd begun redirecting appointments to the newer venue. So how Maureen had managed to kill an intruder was beyond him. How did the weasel get in? Had the Vietnamese forgotten him? Had the guards not noticed him tucked away in the attic? Was he a John, whose long-time kink was climbing in through skylights? Whoever he was, he was dead now. And it turned out he probably wouldn't have been an open casket job, even if he'd reached his natural expiration date. In fact, Looking at him, he'd clearly been in the process of hurrying that along. What did you do to him? Jimmy asked Maureen, as she sat at the kitchen table, making faces at her cigarette. She was a dour little thing. Lacking height himself, he'd resorted to growing outwards to achieve the bulk demanded by his vocation. Even now, at forty, he was mostly muscle, softened only very lately by a languid habit of eating out and drinking well. Maureen was whittled straight and had a glare just as pointed. They didn't look alike. Belted him, she said, with the holy stone. I wasn't giving up the upper hand and the off chance he was sent to What holy stone? She gestured towards the sink. 
For every Renaissance masterpiece, there were a million gigos cobbled together from the scrap heap, and this was awful, even by that standard. A flat rock, about a fistful, painted gold and mounted on polished wood, with a picture of the Virgin Mary holding chubby toddler Jesus, printed on one side in bright Celtic colours, and the bloody essences of the dead man on the kitchen floor, smeared and knotted on top. Where did you get this? If it wasn't for the fact it was mounted on that plinth, he'd have assumed some opportunistic crackpot had painted it for a car boot sale. He turned it over in his hand. The Blessed Virgin stared guzzied back at him. I've had that a long time. I didn't take you for a holy Josephine. You wouldn't want to, because I'm not. You just collect bulky religious souvenirs to use as murder weapons, is it? No one ever suspects the heavy hand of the Lord. Repent, repent, or Jesus might take the head off you. How did you even swing this thing, Maureen? Did you take a run at him from the front door? The Lord works in mysterious ways, she said. I know a few lords like that, all right.